we believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. And let the people sing praises. And that's all he said. You know, it's like you can do what you want with it. And, and, um, and, and you, you get stuff like that. You get letters. You get people coming against you. You get people lying about you. Some of you at work have had people lie about you to try and undermine you. Daniel had people trying to undermine his job in Babylon when the, when the kings loved him and appreciated his hard work and his character, his integrity, and his convictions and core values. He was a great employee. He rose rapidly in the business of running the most powerful empire in the world. Joseph was faithful in Egypt in the prison falsely accused, didn't get bitter, stayed on point, stayed on track, true to this. And then boom, in one day he goes from the prison to the palace and he's got the signet ring and he's riding in a chariot. It can flip like that. It's not about what's going on, but it's about being true to who we are and trusting that God is over that and not getting off point. Jesus is fulfilling the ministry of the Father here. And part of that is dealing with these things. And part of being faithful to the Lord is dealing with conflict, especially in leadership and management. In doing the U.S. Olympic stuff, I've, I've gotten a lot of stuff coming against me. And uh, I, I, I like it, actually. Because I feel like for 30 years of ministry, as much as I've had some pretty gnarly stuff, I haven't really had stuff even close to what Brian Broderson gets, right? My pastor. You know, so I feel like, like, I kind of I like it. It's like, I feel like I've had this coming for a while, these kind of emails and these type of attacks and critiques and stuff. And, and I told Jennifer, like, oh, this one's so gnarly. I, I got to deal with this one right now. So she goes, don't tell me about this stuff. You know, like, she goes, I don't even want to know. I'm like, no, no, no. I go, this is really good because God's using this in my life at 57 to refine and simplify my thoughts where you, you, you write all this and then you reduce 80% of it over the next hour and a half as you just stick on, stick to the main points and stay on track. That's what you do. Conflict's not a bad thing because, hey, hi, touchy. Conflict's not a bad thing because it refines your perspective and focus on what you're doing. See, Luke, when he went to OCC and stood for the Lord in his classes at that junior college, debate class, these other classes, as people peppered him over his faith in Jesus Christ, over his core values and convictions, he became very strong and deliberate and clear in his thought process. And he would share with me these blogs that he was required to do through his professors in these dialogues. And he would be so attacked. He'd be so attacked. And I'd be like, oh, man. And he's like, no, he's like, he'd just be eating food. Like, no, no, he's like, and he just, and he would, he, less is more, just a couple sentences with such clarity and purpose. Don't underestimate conflict in your life in obedience to the Lord or opposition as a chance for you to clarify who you are in your core values, to clarify your convictions in your core values, and to feel good and sure about the decisions you have made or the decisions you're going to make. As I said recently, 
If you're a manager at Starbucks, you're going to, uh, or like Ryland there at you know, the Apple store, you're going to have a number of people apply for the job. And you're going to try and vet those people. You're going to try and figure out, you know, it's a vetting process, just like Luke becoming a police officer at Newport Beach, 1,200 people to get six, right? It's a very serious background check, polygraph, all these stuff, interviewing the neighborhood. These guys came to our neighborhood and interviewed the neighbors. All over our neighborhood to ask about our son Luke. It's a vetting process. And there's a vetting process when you're hiring for Starbucks. There's a vetting process when you're hiring for the police department of Long Beach or the fire department of Santa Ana. You know, when you're drafting your first round draft pick in the NBA draft, that's a vetting process. There's a process there. Like, you want to get it right, right? You don't want to pass on Michael Jordan. You don't want to pick this guy, and then Michael Jordan gets picked two spots later, and it's like they still make fun of you 30 years later because... Things that challenge you for who you believe and what you believe and what you're going to do. And, and, and th- these aren't bad things. They strengthen your resolve. When people come against you in your obedience to the Lord, they should strengthen, that should strengthen your resolve and your convictions about who you are and what you're doing. Well, why do you do your class like that? Well, been teaching for 20 years. You don't have to get defensive. But we refine our syllabus every year. You can't stay the same. You want to keep it fresh. And um, we have found, but like, you don't need to give a long thing, but when people say defend this or defend that, it's nice, but they go like bullet point one, bullet point two, bullet point three. Ding, ding, ding. Don't underestimate the conflict coming against you when you're doing the best you can to serve the Lord in the positions he's put you in. Don't stop being Daniel who opens his window three times a day and prays to the last place the Lord's presence was represented toward the temple in Jerusalem. Don't stop being who you are because it's coming against you. Or never that I quote Shakespeare, but to thy own self be true. Be true to who you are in the Lord. Jesus was true to do the Father's will. He always did those things that please the Father. These problems and these conflicts are an overflow of doing the right thing and doing the things he came to earth to do, pleasing the Father. And we are going to have conflicts. Don't underestimate the nasty letter or the email or the blog or the disgruntled employee, but just, okay, Lord, let it refine your vision of who you are, what you're doing, why you do it, how you do it. And like I actually said recently uh, to someone Colin Powell, the great general in the United States, said this. The most, critical thing, the most critical thing in leadership is to actually make the decision. And if you can make more good ones than bad ones, that's pretty good leadership, believe it or not. Somebody has to make the decision. In the kingdom, in the household, self-determination in the heart before the Lord. Someone has to decide. This is Daniel, I don't eat this kind of food. I'm not going to defile myself with the king's delicacies. Somebody has to make the decisions. And the peppering of our faith, however it comes about, or, or our convictions, or what we're doing or not doing, it, strengthen, it should strengthen us in our resolve to be faithful to who the Lord is and what he's called us to do. Now, Jesus said in the back end of this story, when, a, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he, he goes out of a man, he goes to a dry place, is seeking rest, finding none. He says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. 
And it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said, blessed is the womb which bore you and the breast which nursed you. But he said, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. See, contextually, that's the real issue here. It's not about his presence being <clears throat> captivating or these things or the opinion even of a, of, a, of a person saying this. It's about obedience. Earlier on, they said, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are here. And he's like, who is my mother and my brothers? Those who hear the word of God and do it. See, in the context, John the Baptist had come and they recognized him as a prophet. And he said, this is the one you're to follow, Jesus. Then Jesus did all the signs and they're rejecting that. They, have, they are now attributing what he does to the devil and they heard the word of God, but they did not believe it. They rejected it. That's their problem contextually. And because they're blaming the, the, because they're ascribing to the Holy Spirit what the devil was, the, the work of the Spirit to the devil, they've committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and there's no way to rectify that in their condition that they're in. And it's not about a multitude or masses. It's going to be about the Savior bloody and beaten, hanging on the cross and rising from the grave three days later. It's not about the opinions of men. It's about the obedience of disciples. It's about the obedience of the Son under the Father with his face set to go to Jerusalem. And there are conflicts. And the reality is, I believe we find in our lives in the different places that God puts us, just like Jesus was going through his earthly ministry, that there are times where the conflicts happen and God holds people accountable through your life where you were. He will hold people accountable for the rest of their lives of your involvement with their sports team. He will hold people accountable for your involvement at work, working with them. He will hold them accountable for your influence on their life as their neighbor for one year or maybe decades. Because see, we're salt and light. And Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. Not you will witness, you will be my witness. And as much as we go different places and we inspire people with faith in God and faith in the Son through how we conduct ourselves and carry ourselves at college, at work, in our neighborhood, in our community, there are people who come against it. And they are held accountable by God through your witness. We are the gospel. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are citizens of heaven. And there are people who hate Jesus in us. And they bring a blessing on us because Jesus said, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake and you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. And that happens. And it doesn't matter if they go to church, where you go to church or go to church down the road or go to some religious thing here or full secular humanist. It, it just doesn't matter. If we carry ourselves properly with this, the mind of the Spirit and the conduct of the Spirit of God, there are people that will respond favorably to, it, favorably to it and people will marvel and there will be mute who speak and the devil's driven out of those people's lives. There will be people who are inspired to do great things through your life being a witness for Christ. But there are people who will resist you and they will resist the gospel. They will, they will resist Christ in you and you will go your way and they'll be held accountable for your witness in their life and how you conducted yourself in light of the things they might have said and done against you. They're going to step into eternity and how you handle things with grace instead of malice, with compassion instead of wrath. Those things are going to be, well, the books are open. People are going to, they're going to see that. And our intent isn't to make people accountable before the Lord. Our intent is just to enjoy the journey that God has for us and to let our light so shine before men that they glorify our Father in heaven. 
That's our objective. On the road at home, if you will, that's the objective, to glorify Christ and to, as best we know how, to help mute people speak, to help those in bondage find deliverance. And praise the Lord if people marvel at what God's doing in and through your life. But if they come against it, Pastor Chuck used to say, you really shouldn't try and defend yourself because God can do a much better job. And I have to agree. I have to agree for all the foolish things I've done serving the Lord in 30 years. I did learn fairly early on that it's just let God be your defense. Let God be your defense. Yeah, you might need to speak up. You might need to respond to this thing. You might be brought before a board of inquiry and these sorts of things. Injustices happen. Talking with my dad in assisted living a couple weeks ago, I, I never knew, but he served on court-martial boards in the Marine Corps. I said, wow, you know, here's something to talk about with my 88-year-old dad. I'm just hanging out on a, on a Monday afternoon, the assisted living place. So, pop, like, what was that like? He's like, well, you know, some guys would go AWOL, whatever, come back a day late. Some guys would steal stuff, you know, I'm like, wow. And, 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 but he said it was, he, as an officer, he was like the judge and jury of this situation. And he said he, he could appeal to a higher thing. But he said, but the real issue was to sift through the accusations and get to the facts and not punish someone wrongly or to hold someone accountable, especially by military code of Semper Fi, correctly. But it was to find out the information and make things right as best they could. And that's what the Lord's going to do in eternity. Everything will be made right. All the injustices will be made right. I say that all the time, but it's true. If people have your light in their life and you leave the workplace and you leave the neighborhood and the place goes dark, that's for them to figure out. If that last state's worse than the first for them, but maybe you were the one that planted the seed. Maybe you're the one that watered. Maybe how you handle things, you're being watched more than you ever thought you were being watched. And maybe, just maybe, the legacy of life will go so much farther than you could ever comprehend or even begin to think. You just don't know. Because when we do the right thing and we say the right thing and we handle things properly to the glory of Jesus Christ, we just, we're part of the process for the healing and the kingdom and the, the finger of God coming into the, the equation as opposed to not. The goal isn't to make things worse, but if people reject the gospel, they've made things worse. The goal is that through our obedience, we inspire other people to obedience. I dream big dreams. I want people to dream, other people to dream big dreams, but my big dream is the kingdom of God and Christ in glory. The, the dream's not limited to like, oh, let's, you know, go for the goal. How about let's run to win, like Paul said. Let's give our very best to the Lord. Our dreams in Jesus' name should be higher than time, space, and matter. There's a, a higher end. At Joe Gibbs Racing there, when you walk into the front area there, and they have the four cars of their four main riders on NASCAR, and I've talked about you walk in there and the secretary is very friendly and there's the Daytona 500 trophy from 2016, the mission statement to glorify God and everything they do, which is, you know, the, the core values of the company. But, but then to see Joe Gibbs' gospel track there and you grab that gospel track and you understand that this incredible company, this incredible company with 600 plus employees, extremely successful, as successful as any company could be in its field, go fast and win races, is driven by an eternal vision 
of character and faith in Jesus Christ through its owner, Joe Gibbs. And the man could win three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks, could win three NASCAR titles with three different drivers. And there's the checkered flag, there's the Daytona 500 trophy, there's the mission statement that people would say, only God could have done this from 16 volunteers to 600 employees. But you look at that gospel track and you realize the dream is bigger than go fast and win races. The dream is glorify Christ in everything you do, no matter what comes against you. People come and go. You know, they come and go. I mean, any organization, there are people who they don't want to be a part of what God's doing in and through your life, and they come and go. What happened to Joy Logano? Oh, dude, you didn't want to know. Yeah, but they treat everyone with respect because Joey Logano stuff is still all there, even though he doesn't write for them anymore. He writes for their rivals. See, that's how we want to be. See, we have a higher standard. We have the standard of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. We have a higher standard. And if we're thrown in the fire, we come out of it and we don't smell, well, good for us. Whatever is between Nebuchadnezzar and the Lord, that's his business. If he's going to mow the lawn with his teeth for a while, That's his business. That's between him and the Lord. If God's going to restore his kingdom, that's his business. Our business is to recognize who we serve and be as faithful as we can to it. Now, our business is to obey the word of God. Now, we close out with this. Jesus said this while the crowds were thickly gathered together. Verse 29, he began to say, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign and no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the son of man will be to this generation. The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and indeed a greater than Jonah is here. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand, that those who come in may see the light The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body is also full of darkness. Therefore, take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light. And when the the bright shining of a lamp gives you light, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. All in for the Lord. Every light on in the house, right? No room with the lights off. Every light on in the house with the Lord. See, he held their generation accountable. You know, and of course, that's a whole other Bible study about the accountability of generations in their timeline, but he just called them an evil generation. It is what it is. Each generation is accountable for what they allow in their generation collectively, and these were the, the most accountable of them all, the generation of Israel, when God walked on earth. It's incredible. And they, they had the light. They kind of rejoiced in it, but then they rejected it. So it's like the demon came back with seven of his friends, and the latter state was worse than the first. And, of course, for Israel, the latter state after crucifying Jesus was worse than the first when Titus and the 12th Roman legion came in, destroyed Israel, destroyed Jerusalem, and they went into basically, a, um, a, you know, the... Captive captivity for almost 2,000 years spread out, and then they were brought back in God's timing according to his word to the modern state of Israel. But this generation, Jesus said not one stone would be left upon another, and it wasn't. 
It was not completely destroyed by Titus in the 12th Roman Legion between 66 AD when they conquered Galilee in the north and they came into Jerusalem and just leveled it. So the generation was accountable. People came from the ends of the earth in previous generations. Were, well, Jonah was sent to the Ninevites and they repented and bought another 100 years for their people and their group and their timeline, their children's children. The queen of the south came and saw the wisdom and said, it's more than what I heard. And how blessed are those who serve in the house of Solomon. That was a thousand years before the time of Christ. So they came to hear the wisdom. They came to hear the good news, or they were sent, a prophet was sent to them to hear the good news, Nineveh and the queen of the south. And they repented. And yet Jesus comes, God in the flesh, to his own people in fulfillment of the scriptures. And they had the prophet and they've rejected collectively as a nation they're beginning to reject him and he's got the conflict and what can he do i mean he came for this purpose he's going to die on the cross but i love what he says here in this closing application that no one who has lit a lamp puts it in a secret place and because jesus is the light of men gospel john tells us that well, he's the light of the world but he's the light and the life of men and what he's saying here is if we receive him and we receive the witness of the Lord in our life, and we let God work in our life, we're going to see things the way he sees them, and we're going to see things properly. We're not going to see them skewed or with malice or bitterness or unbelief, but to the pure, all things are pure, right? So if our heart is undivided, if our heart is right, and we are obeying God's word as best we know how in the obvious and as best we can discern in the subtle of our personal life, like Paul, well, you know, you make these adjustments. And if we're helping the mute to speak and we're casting out demons, if you will, you understand the context of what I mean by that. We're doing as best we know how to make things better in Jesus' name. And there is opposition and there's coming against in these things. It, it, again, we can't let it move us from who we are. Just because Nebuchadnezzar builds a 70-foot statue and says, I play music, you bow down, doesn't mean we bow down when he plays music. We need to be true. Just because whoever walks in the king can be killed doesn't mean Queen Esther doesn't go in because she's smart enough to know for such a time as this, I've been born, everything. My parents weren't here. I was raised by Uncle Mordecai. And this is the defining moment in my life. And this is the who I am. And this is what I do. And just tell everyone, all of our people, if I live, I live. If I die, I die. But we're going in. Like, we don't change who we are because of opposition. We're to let our light so shine before men. And the history of humanity and the people of faith from Abel and the dawn of creation and all the generations of people we know in the Bible and those that we don't even know who weren't in the Bible but who lived in faith, all these women, all these men who, who had the light and the life in them and the eye was good and the heart was good and their life was good and they shone in their generation and they shone in the Old Testament before the Mosaic Covenant. They shone in the Old Testament with the Mosaic Covenant during the judges and before the kings, under the kings, under the divided kingdom under the captivity they shone the return from the captivity in the inner testament period they shone and they shone in the time of christ and they shone that light they showed that light in the early church age that light shined and it still shines and it shines brightest when men and women are men and women of character and courage who know the lord set their face toward the things god has for them are not afraid of the conflict that comes with that are willing to forgive to grow and go forward and be the best they can be in obedience to the Holy Spirit this day in their life, that the eye is good, the heart is good, and the fruit is good.
That's our lesson. That's how you handle conflict. You don't let it move you from who you are and what you're called to do. You just say, that's part of it. If you're going to play basketball in North Carolina, let me tell you, those road games on the ACC, they're tough. When you go to Duke, let me tell you, if you got thin skin, you're in the wrong league in the wrong sport. That's just the way it is. And that's the way life is. We need fiber. And we need courage. We just need to be faithful. I actually used to not like this story. <laughs> I like it as I'm getting old. I'm like, I like this story. I like this. It's like when there's some trash talking going on between plays. You're just like, yeah, whatever. When your eyes good, everything shines bright. Omaha, Omaha, right? You know, it's like, that's what it's like. It's like, you just stay on point. Run your play and let, let the kingdom of darkness worry about what's going on. Focus on the Lord, trust in him, and learn from how he handles these things. We're going to learn a lot about difficult things as we progress in the, the heart of this gospel in the next few chapters. I hope you're encouraged by tonight. I know I am. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brand. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed.